Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. All right, good morning. How's everybody? Good, good. Are you glad to be here? Good, good. David said, I was, I was glad when they said to me, my paraphrase, it's time to go to church. And uh, this is why I think he was glad, not because his mom and dad were saying, get out there, we'll beat you because it's time to go to church. Because he knew something good was going to happen when he came in the presence of the Lord. And so I pray that that is happening for all of us today. We're going to have an awesome time. I already, already had a beautiful time of worship. Wasn't that a wonderful time this morning? And uh, in God's presence, amen. Hey, we're going to pray in just a moment, but um, today, actually April 3rd, so it's coming up, uh, Joseph and Martha Giannatazio, I can't ever say their name, it has 12 letters in it, but uh, the third will be their 71st wedding anniversary. Go ahead and stand if you would. Right there, y'all. So some of y'all may just want to rub next to them today. I ask Joe every year, Joe, what is the secret? And he goes, huh? But uh, that's our joke. That's our joke. Hey, we're going to pray. Let's all stand up together, could we? Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, we thank you this morning for your presence. Once again, you keep your promise. That when we gather together in your name, you are right here in the midst of us. And I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to every heart today. Touch and help every one of us, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, you know what's going on in lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would show yourself strong on behalf of your people. Make the high places low and the low places level. And the crooked places straight. God, perfect that which concerns your people. Let them know that this morning, once again, your mercies are new. God, that your eyes are upon them. Even though they may not feel like you see them or you hear them, let them know today you see them, you hear them, and you're here to help them. And so we just thank you in advance. And so, Lord, we have lifted you up, and now we're going to listen up to your holy and written word. And I thank you, Lord, for holy information today that's going to change our lives, that's going to help us at our address. And we thank you for that. I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased, that you'd be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. And that is our prayer. In Jesus' name, and everybody said Amen and amen. Will you help me welcome our online and our East Campus, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, you saw the trailer there for Easter. It's coming up in just a few weeks. Uh, We have a tremendous day planned, actually a tremendous weekend planned. 
Uh, we're going to have six services here at Central. We'll have two services over at the East Campus. Uh, it'll be Saturday and Sunday here at 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and then on Sunday at 9, 11, and 1. And I think we have one like at 3.30 in the morning or something like that. No, I'm joking. And then over at the East Campus at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, uh, going to be an incredible, incredible time. Ain't no grave, y'all. And uh, so be here for that. And then this coming Wednesday, everybody say this Wednesday. This Wednesday is first Wednesday, and I know we always invite you, but I'm telling you, get yourself here this Wednesday. And we've got a few extra components to be a part of it as well. Come expecting. Expectation is a key as well. And uh, listen, be a bringer. Be a bringer. Don't just be a comer. Be a bringer. And uh, we're going to have throwback night this first Wednesday, and we're actually going to do some, uh, some great worship songs from about the 90s or so. I was, recently, I was recently in a conference where uh, they did that, and it was so powerful to those of us who knew those songs, and it was so powerful to those who thought, these are cool new songs. And so <laughs> either way, you win, okay? And uh, uh, some of the team was saying, if you want to, you can wear your best 90s outfit. I threw all of mine away, okay? So, uh, but you're welcome. It's going to be a powerful night. But listen, be a bringer, not just for First Wednesday, but for Easter. Studies show that 85% of people come to something because they got asked to it by somebody. And one of the greatest times, easiest times to get somebody to church is in that Easter season. There's, there's still something left in our culture, thank God, that people want to reverence that and they feel a draw toward Easter and uh, such a powerful time. So invite folks. Um, I'm constantly reading in the Gospels. I've been doing that for decades And one of the things I've discovered over the years is about 70%, just over 70% of the acts of power and the miracles that Jesus did took place when somebody who knew Jesus went and brought somebody to Jesus. That's when Jesus showed up in a strong way. So somebody who knows Jesus, go and get some people and bring them to Jesus, bring them to church. And I believe the greatest miracle going, it's the greatest miracle ever been going, is salvation, that people can have their sins forgiven, their eternity changed, and help in this life. I believe that that can happen on this Easter weekend. Amen? So be a bringer. And it's easy. It's easy. You just pray and ask God to show you. He'll give you the courage. He'll say, here's the moment. There's the person. And uh, typically, it's going to be somebody that you know. And uh, we're believing just for an incredible, incredible weekend. Amen? Well, we are in week seven of a series called What Happy Families Know. I normally never go past about six weeks. Years ago, I used to just have series that went on and on and on and on and on. One time I did a, a series that had 26 weeks to it. It was called Momentum. <laughs> and then I finally stopped it. I guess we were, we were done. <laughs> like Forrest Gump, you know, just stop running, you know. But um, uh, yeah. So anyway, for us to continue on, really, I truly feel led of the Lord uh, to extend this. So we're going eight weeks, and, and today would be the, the eighth week on this. Uh, remember this, too, and, and I hope this helps you to focus on this. Uh, we believe that a series is a season that God is saying something to us as a church family. And so we're very, very focused on this. This is, this is important. We have a lot of content. And uh, so uh, let's, let's tune in on this today. I want to zero in on this word happy. Come on, everybody say happy with me. 
And, and not the frivolous little happy that comes and goes, but this is a deep Bible word here. It really means to be blessed, to be blessed. Uh, how many of you like to be blessed? About 11, 12 of you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we like that, but I don't, you know, if I held you down, I don't think that you probably could tell me what, is, what does that really mean. And this is kind of my informal uh, non-seminary definition of blessed, helped by God, helped by God. So if it's your marriage, if it's your finances, if it's your body, if it's your kids, it would be helped by God. So let me ask the question again, how many of you like to be helped by God? Okay. And God's able to do things that we can't explain. He's able to do things that we can't understand. And I like it that way. I really like that way that God is so big and able and strong and willing and loving and kind. You're hearing me today. That's why we come and lift him up. And uh, he's, he's certainly, as we said, worthy of that. So we're sharing some things that happy families know. And remember that this idea of happy is not just happenstance. This just doesn't, you know, a few get this or whoever or uh, it's only for a select few. No, that's not the idea at all. It is not happenstance at all. It is the result. Everybody say the result. It's the result of intentional alignment with God and his ways. I know I've said it every week, but hear it again. It's the result of intentional alignment with God and his ways. And that's what we need to know. That's what we need to do with this as well. And this relates to whatever your setting would be. I know we're talking about families, but your family context might have changed. We no longer have toddlers. They now drive and have families and things like that. Who knew? How many of you know time flies? How many of you know some days it drags on forever, you know? But time flies, and before you know it, it's like, oh, my goodness, you know? And so maybe the framework of what family is for you has, has changed. And, and uh, so whatever that would be, you're married, never married, been married forever like Joe and Martha, um, uh, you know, marriage didn't go so well for you, you're remarried, or, uh, you know, you had a lot of kids, or no kids, or wish you had kids, or you got too many kids, or, you know, whatever your picture is, this works. This works, these principles work for marriage, they work for family, they work for relationship, and uh, so this is uh, all of us can apply these things together. So the big idea today that I want to share with you is the whole idea of cooperation. Cooperation. Come on, everybody say that with me. Cooperation. By definition, cooperation means working together, willingly, agreeably. How many of you have ever worked together on something but not willingly? <laughs> not agreeably. I can remember, especially as a preteen and teenager, it's really hard to do. You know, and you're told, get out there and rake those leaves. <laughs> oh, I did, but not willingly, not agreeably. Y'all with me? Yes. Come on, am I the only one? <laughs> okay, it's us. And um, will, working together willingly, agreeably. Teamwork, support, the whole idea of cooperation. The opposite of that, it would be difficult or hinders or hurts. And on your report card in the little con, uh, comment section, these are not the adjectives that you want written of you. Difficult, hinders, hurts, 
does not play well with others, okay? So that's not what we uh, want to have said uh, of us. Uh, just speaking of report cards, too, I have told you, I think, over the years, my two uh, most challenging subjects in school. You know, first was math. Second was what they called citizenship. <laughs> Later coined conduct. Thank God he helped me with one of those. All right. So life requires cooperation. You know, and, and there are laws that actually work with everything. For example, gravity. You have to cooperate with gravity because uh, it will win. Agriculture. You know, you're trying to grow something, you know, a cow or corn or tomatoes or whatever you're trying to grow. There are certain laws that you have to cooperate uh, with this. You have to get it in the right order. You have to allow certain timing and so forth to, to take place. On a team, if you're on a team, you have to cooperate. You can't be a ball hog. You can't, you know, just, I'm running my own play. You know, I, I remember when my boys were growing up watching them play sports, I can remember a basketball game where, and they're little, like middle school or something, and one kid was obviously better than all the rest of the players on his team, and he kept stealing the ball from his own team. You know, so that's not really cooperation. That's called domination, okay? So a diff different word there. Or if you're in a, a band, you know, from about sixth grade on, I was in, in band playing trumpet. And you can't play your own song at your own rhythm, in your own key, at your own volume. You have to blend. You have to cooperate. It's to cooperate, to work all together in that way. And I believe that this is, this is vital. And so for any family... Any relationship, any team, uh, any marriage, you know, a spirit of cooperation. Uh, the load is lighter. Progress is easier. The stability and the, and the progress of it all is, is strengthened and multiplied when there is a spirit of cooperation. So everybody, say that's me, everybody has to take some responsibility under the banner of cooperation. So let's look at a few things that happy families know. First of all, happy families know to cooperate with God. Come on, read that with me. Cooperate with God. So the opposite of this, Scripture would call, is being stubborn, obstinate, or rebellious. So it's better to cooperate with God. And so the whole idea to cooperate with God cannot be overemphasized. This is the difference maker. You have to cooperate with God. So look at me real quick. Anything that's going on in your, on your life and, you, and you, we've got to make some progress, something has to change. Look at me. Here's your answer. Cooperate with God. Just cooperate with God. Because with God, we saw it this, this morning. We sang it this morning. There's nothing greater than God. Amen. There's no name. There's no past. There's no problem. There's no mountain. There's nothing greater than God. You just need to cooperate with God. And, and a little spoiler alert. I'm going to ruin my whole deal right now here and tell you this. This is the subject of every sermon I teach you. I wrap it up differently. I change the name. I throw it to you just a little different and spray it with something. It's always the same thing. So don't say, well, I know what he's going to talk about, Ben. I don't need to come back. You better get here. I'll hunt, I'll hunt you down. So everybody say it. Cooperate with God. You, and get this, you cooperate with him, okay? 
Do what God blesses. Don't just ask him to bless what you're doing. Did you hear that? Do what he blesses. Don't try to change scripture, change God, go with culture and say, well, I, I want to do this. God bless me. God help me. That's just not going to work, y'all. So you have to cooperate with God. You cooperate with him. Do what he blesses. Don't just ask him to bless what you're doing. And realize that God always wants to bless you as much as he can. I don't think you heard me. God always wants to bless you as much as he can. So it's vital that we live in such a way, in such a spirit of cooperation, that the way we live actually invites blessing rather than block blessings. How many of you know that you could actually block blessings? Because many of his promises are actually conditional. And he just wants us to cooperate with him. And this is vital in it all. Look with me, if you will, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5. It says, oh, that they, go ahead and say, say that's me. Oh, that they had such a heart, notice this, had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments. That, or literally so that, it might be well with them and with their children forever. So let's start at the end. How many of you would like it to go well with you? It's the same 11. How many of you wouldn't raise your hand no matter what I asked? Gotcha. Okay. All right. How many of you want it to go well with you and your children? Forever. It's the result of something. It's the result of something. It's so that. It results from something. And it's that they had a heart, a heart to fear God, to revere God, to respect God, and to keep all of his commandments. And so notice this. Read it carefully. God is not after perfection. God is after cooperation. He said, I just want you to have a heart for that. He already knows us. How many of you know on your best day you're going to mess something up? Same 11. All right. On your best day, our best efforts, we, we always come short. We always do. God said, I just want your heart. I want your heart, that your heart would always be that, God, I want to honor you all the time. I, I want to always do what you want. I want to do that. And he said, if you have that heart, if you have that spirit of cooperation, not perfection, but that kind of heart toward God, he said, it's going to go well with you. It's going to go well with you. Why? Because you're on the right team. You're cooperating with God in that way. Well, here's a word right in the middle of it all that throws us off. Commandments. Commandments. We don't like commandments. We don't like people telling us what to do. Or at least I don't. Okay. We don't like people telling us what to stand there, wait there, do this, fill this out. I filled this out the last time. Fill it out again. So we have all that. And we don't like that. That's why it helps to be Christian when we go places, right? Okay. But understand this, and I know I've taught this a thousand times in 30 years here at, at Meadowbrook Church, that the commandments of God show us what gives us life, and what takes life away. So anything he would tell us, do that, is for our good. It brings life to us. Anything he says, don't do that, 
That's because it would take life away. It's not for our good. So all the commandments are really is the expression of God's love for us. It's his expression of love. So if we would just have the cooperation in our heart to always do, and, and I think it's your heart, I really do. Express it to God, though. God, I, I, I want to do what you tell me to do. I don't want to do what you tell me not to do. And it's, and it's not law and egregious and heavy and burdensome. It's actually love, and it brings liberty, and it brings life to our lives. Can you say amen today? Amen. Look with me. Uh, one other thing, too, here. If you honor God, cooperate with God, if you honor God, Second Samuel says he'll honor you. And if you draw near to God, he will what? He'll draw near to you. And you seek God and you will find him. It's a, it's a cooperative thing that kind of happens. But if you do your own thing, guess what? You're on your own. Except for the mercy of God, you know, there's not gonna, you're going to block blessing in your life. Look with me in Psalm 144. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Read that with me if you will. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Now, that's the big Bible word, happy, here. And it really means blessed. And what did we decide blessed really means? Helped by God. So happy, blessed, helped by God are the people whose God is the Lord. Read this carefully, though. And this is not about, you're not happy and blessed because you got the right God. It's because you've got the right God in the right place. It's that God or the Lord would be God or the Lord... The Lord would be God, or God would be Lord, or let me put it to you this way, that he would be the boss, and you cooperate with him, that you give him the right to tell you what to do, and how to do it, and when to go, and when not to go, and so forth, that in such a way you cooperate with him. Amen. Happy families also know to cooperate with one another. Read that with me. Cooperate with one another. Let me emphasize, cooperate, cooperate, to work with, to help. That's how we live. That's how we travel. That's how we do life. If it's going to go well, we have to cooperate with one another. The whole New Testament is in the context of together, of one another. And we have to be mindful of that, especially in our households and our relationships. And this cooperation that we're talking about here is born out of love. It's born out of love. This cooperation is not the cooperation some of us maybe grew up under which was you cooperated out of fear or you cooperated out of force. The Bible says if you be willing and obedient, not just obedient and unwilling, but it's the both, then you'll eat the good of the land. But this cooperation is born out of love. And love is not a feeling. Love is not just a feeling. We like the feelings. Uh, Some studies call it the tingles. Has anyone here ever had the tingles? Am I the first one to ever ask you that question? <laughs> you know, you get all giddy. Uh, and when you have the tingles, you can't get anything done. You're so distracted thinking about this. But, but studies show this. Studies show that if you base a relationship off of those feelings, those relationships last no more than two years. And it's on a decline the whole time because you can't sustain that. And then what will you do if you don't understand that? You'll go find more tingles somewhere else. And it doesn't work that way. So love is not a feeling. Listen, love is a way of thinking and behaving. It's a way of thinking and behaving. In Galatians 5.13, it says this, 
through love, serve one another. So it's out of love. It's not a feeling. It's a way that I think and it's a way that I behave. So this cooperation is actually born out of love, not out of fear, not out of force. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, here's just a few attributes of love. And this is directly going to describe cooperation too. Love is, come on, patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. Watch this. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. And this totally describes a spirit of cooperation. Happy families also know this. Make room for one another. Read that with me. Make room for one another. Let's set it up with some scripture real quick. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making, I love this line, making allowance for others' faults because of your love. Do you see that? You make allowance. You make some room because others have faults. Look in verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And then look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 2. For you will be treated as you treat others. Ouch. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Here's what we have to do. We have to give margin. We have to give some space to allow for growth, to allow for mistakes, to allow for recovery. See, family, relationships, marriage, that's a zone. It's a sacred zone where people are supposed to grow and learn. Because if you don't give them space to grow and to learn and to develop, to swing and to miss, if you, if you don't give them that, then they start to get uh, reactive and defensive. And they'll end up defeated. They'll end up hide, hiding and lying. Because if we create an atmosphere, a zone that demands perfection, look at me, none of us can do perfection. So to live in that zone, we have to hide things or pretend or lie because I just can't do it. And to keep acceptance in that zone, you have to lie or you, you have to hide. And we need to create a zone where our families can grow And have some room for mistake. This is not license for mistake. Remember, our heart is, I want to do the right thing. I want to do what's pleasing to God. I want the help of God. But the reality is that all of us swing and miss sometimes. It's all of us. And there has to be a healthy, safe place where we can do this. Again, not license to do wrong. But we we have to do that. Never let it be said. Never let it be said. Listen to me, son. Listen to me, daughter. You ever do that? Don't come back. No, it should be. And and I know of some gory stories over the years of of ministry where that's, that's been said. Instead, it needs to be said, hey, if you're struggling with anything, I hope you'll come to me. I hope you'll come and talk to me. I hope you'll let me know because we're going to figure this out some way because I love you. We'll find a way and God will help us. There has to be space in that. Well, no son of mine, no daughter of mine, no. Yeah, and you're not going to have them even in proximity in later years. So we've got to have margin. We've got to have room. 
give one another a break because without grace, we wither. So give grace, insert grace into our families, into our marriages, into our relationships. You treat others the way you want to be treated if, in fact, you ever maybe fell short yourself. This is a good time to bring up another word, too. It's a new word. We're bringing it back into our culture. Apologize. Now, you cannot demand an apology. I feel it soaking in. As soon as you demand it, whatever you get back is not going to be one. Okay? Now, you can train a child. Okay, now you need to apologize to so-and-so. You can train a child to do that. But ultimately, a real apology has to come from your heart. And it can only come if there's humility in your heart. But humility, James chapter 4 tells us, releases grace. So if we humble ourselves, God will meet us there with his grace, and he'll help us. And it's important that we do this. It's important that we apologize, that we take responsibility when we know we've missed it, when we know we've come short, when we know we acted out in a way that we, we should not have, when we know that we caused somebody else some trouble, some concern, some, some difficulty, whatever, we need, we need to apologize. Yes. Studies show that companies that actually apologize are, are liked and preferred two to three times more than a company that will just give you a refund or something. So, you know, sometimes we don't, I don't want your money. I just want you to tell me you're sorry. There's something in our soul that reconnects and reinvigorates. It's a reset that takes place when humility and grace go to work in a situation. And remember, we have no enduring relationships without the practice of forgiveness. Let's keep going. Happy families guard and nurture connections. They guard and nurture connections. Look in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Make every effort. Uh, Other translations say be eager. So this is an urgency to it. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, our point here is to guard and nurture connections. And so what we have to do is work hard and be quick to keep the unity of and produced by the Spirit, the Amplified Bible says, through the bond of peace. This is the same word here, bond. It's a body term. It actually means a ligament or a joint tie. This is what holds us together. How many of you have heard in Scripture that we are the body of Christ? And so we're, we're different parts of one another. And it hurts and it is not functional when something is disjointed, when it is out of joint, when it is dislocated. And so we have to guard and nurture those connections. We have to put out effort and quickly to hold together, things together in the bond of peace. Remember that the enemy of our families, the enemy of your marriage, the enemy of your kids, the enemy of your relationships has a strategy of disintegration. He wants to break it apart. He wants to break the connection. He, he, and if he can't just break it, he wants to rust it out. He wants to erode it in some way. And that's why we have to be diligent to guard and nurture connections. There's a lot I could say on this. I want to give you just three things just real quick here. Here's, here's one way to do it. Talk. Come on, say it with me. Talk. Watch this. A lot. You need to get close. Put your phone down. Sit near somebody. Lean on them a little bit. Look them in the face. Listen, talk, talk about their interests, compliment their ideas, show interest in what they're putting effort into, and talk 
to one another. And I'm telling you what, it bruises the plans of the enemy when we just get up close together and just talk and talk, and it strengthens that bond. The second thing would be this, time together. It's the power of proximity. It's the power of proximity that we actually would spend some time together. And guess what? It's hard to hate up close. So when you just get up close, you know, there's things that have to go, especially if you're trying to keep your heart right and, and spend time together. And sometimes just do something way off the radar time together. You know, some people could say, yeah, we spend together time together. Every evening in the living room, I watch him sleep in his recliner and, you know, you know <laughs> time together. No, every now and then you just need to do something crazy. I don't know, like, go to a wrestling match and eat pizza at midnight. Because sometimes some extreme things like that, I mean, once you get over the bellyache, you're laughing about it. Wasn't that, wasn't that awesome? You just need to spice in there sometimes. Then the last one on this would be laugh. Come on, everybody. And guess what? And cry. Look with me in Romans 12, 15. Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy. And weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. You need to get into other people's feelings. Those that are close to you, that you're in relationship with, you know what? If they're going through something and they're rejoicing, you say, well, it's not me, it's them. Why should I be happy? You know, they got a new car, they got a new wig, whatever it would be, and, you know, and they're, they're all happy You need to step into their joy and rejoicing with them. Because guess what? When something good happens to you, you want somebody to rejoice with you. And guess what? They're going through something. Your attitude should not be, well, it stinks to be them. I'm fine. No, you need to step in and cry with somebody. And you know what? When you laugh with somebody, when you rejoice with somebody, when you weep with somebody, when you you cry with somebody, I'm telling you what, that creates some kind of strong bond that the enemy cannot break. One last thing, happy families, they keep trying. They keep trying. Why do we have to keep trying? I'll tell you why. Look at me. Because people are funny critters. I mean, we think, got it together, and then they do something weird. You just need to keep trying. We've got a dog named Bruno. He's awesome. We just love him. And He's been learning things. He has an obsession with squirrels. And we have a doggy door out by the screened-in pool area, and, and so we've got him to where he'll stop. We'll say, wait, 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 and, and we're trying to make noise so the squirrels will go up the trees because he's fast. And so he's like, he's just almost shaking. It's like, wait, just wait. And we'll go, okay, boom, and then he'll go. He'll go, yesterday he forgot everything he'd ever been taught. He was dive-bombing through that door. He didn't know what weight meant at all. You're laughing at my dog, but you are the same way. And you don't want people to give up on you. Look in Galatians chapter 6. We're almost done. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. Come on, read it with me. If we don't give up. Uh, Be resilient. Realize that God's mercies are new every morning. And if you're endeavoring to cooperate with God and endeavoring to cooperate with others, I'm telling you what, God's laws are on your side. 
So let me say this again, and I'll just end with this. When we cooperate with God, and we do our best to cooperate with others, listen to me, God will meet you there. He will meet you there. And he will bless your efforts, and he will produce something that is increasingly more rare, yet wonderful and powerful in our families, in our marriages, and in our relationships. Amen? Amen. One last thing. Do not miss next week. Okay? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Bless the Lord. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.